So welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a look at how we can use public single cell RNA-seq data um, with the uh, availability through um, OmicSoft uh, and uh, engineering pathway analysis. Before we get started, I want to let you know that the products that I'll be showing today are intended for molecular biology applications only. These are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so just to kind of highlight some of the um, things that sort of uh, Kristen mentioned, uh, to help today's training, if you have any questions, please utilize that Q&A box that's located at the bottom of your screen. This is going to help us keep track of what questions are being asked and then also keep track of what questions are being answered. Now, I'm going to try to make this interactive just to get some feedback in terms of what I'm going to be presenting today. So we'll be asking you guys to um, raise uh, your hands by clicking on that raise hand button located at the bottom of your screen. So if you guys could just go ahead and click on that button so that I know that it's working for those of you that are attending today's training, uh, that would be great. And so again, that raise hand button is going to be located at the bottom of your screen. So I can see that uh, many of you were able to locate that raise hands button. Now, if you experience any uh, technical difficulties, uh, please let us know through chat and we'll try to help you as best as we can. And so today uh, we'll start off with a brief introduction to um, Kyogen's uh, Omic Soft Single Cell Land, and then explore uh, public single cell data within the land to evaluate um, cell types across uh, samples and clusters. I will also look at how you can uh, leverage uh, single cell expression data to compare gene expression across different uh, cell types and conditions. I will then look at how you can utilize Kyogen's engineering path analysis to construct a network for your target of interest and identify expression analysis of public single cell data to discover and compare key biological mechanisms. Now um, in the slides are included step-by-step um, -step, uh, slides on how to generate the views that we are going to be going over today in Omicsoft. So feel free to click on the link um, located here at the bottom of the slide um, to have access to those step-by-step -step slides. And again, uh, those slides uh, can be um, obtained from the chat as uh, Kristen um, pasted them. And so Omicsoft Lance Technology provides a, a centralized um, data hub for a variety of omic data from different sources. So it allows users like you the ability to explore public data sets selected from sources such as GEO, SRA, CGA, and more. And so these data sets are manually created by a team of scientists. And so they download and QC the raw data, process uh, the data using a standardized pipeline and quantify it, uh, perform statistical analysis, and then store it into um, our land uh, database allowing you to compare between data sets. Now, this means that uh, data sets in Omicsoft lands um, also need to pass quality control metrics, giving you the confidence in the data curated and processed um, in the uh, lands uh, databases. Now, our curation team also performs uh, quality control on the metadata associated with the data sets. And so some quality control examples uh, include validating the cell type, or tissue type, and then checking the time of treatment for a specific intervention. Uh, if there are any discrepancies discovered, our team of scientists will contact the authors to resolve these issues. And so after curating the metadata, these terms are then converted to control vocabulary, 
so that you can easily look at characteristics across the different data sets. Now, the key advantage of this is that if a group were to do this on their own, it would take them a tremendous amount of time and resources, as opposed to just using this land platform where you have everything ready to start, providing you with high quality data, saving you time and resources. And so OmicSoft lands represent curated Omic data from over 650,000 samples coming from the public domain for a variety of uh, diseases, tissues, treatments, and more. And so these public Omic data sets are processed into three collections, Oncolan, Disease Land, and Single Cell Land. And so Oncolan uh, represents individualized studies and consortiums that relate to cancer. And so these collections contain data from sources such as TCGA, uh, the cancer cell line and any other um, data from GEO or SRA that's associated with cancer. Disease land uh, represents data from hundreds of diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular inflammatory diseases, for example. And so this collection contains data from sources such as GEO, SRA, Array Express, and more for human, mouse, and rat models. And then uh, single cell and represents a collection of single cell studies for human and mouse models. And so data sets uh, in this land are split into ones using the 10x genomics platforms, basically the ones with a unique molecular indexes and then ones that use alternative approaches. And so this collection is one of our newest collections and is rapidly growing. So how do we use OmicSoft lands? And so this depends on your starting point in terms of your research. Now, for example, uh, you may be starting with a specific disease, uh, and so you can use the lands to discover data sets associated with a specific disease. Or you may be um, interested in a specific gene. Uh, so you can use the lands to explore expression and identify a data set associated with a particular gene. Or you can uh, search for data sets um, for specific drugs or treatments of interest. And so for today, we are going to start off with a specific uh, disease, which is going to be Alzheimer's disease uh, as our use case. So what are some of the views that we will be generating today in OmicSoft? And so today, we'll start off by looking at the uh, distribution of cell types uh, between Alzheimer's disease and uh, normal controls in a study of interest. And so here you can see that uh, neurons make up uh, a large portion of the distribution in both um, Alzheimer's disease and uh, the normal control. We can then uh, generate a TCD plot and overlay it with metadata. And so for example, we can overlay information associated with the different cell types. So here on the left, uh, you can see the different uh, cell type clusters and take a look at um, legend to get more information. So here you can see that um, a big majority of the cells that are detected are going to be the neurons. And then we also have some um, clusters here of um, astrocytes as well. 
So here on the um, right-hand side, we can also um, overlay whether a particular cell is coming from Alzheimer's disease or from a normal controls. And so here we can see that the green cells or the green coloring is going to represent um, cells coming from a normal control. And then uh, the blue represent cells that are coming from um, our uh, disease state. Now, when you have a gene of interest, uh, you may want to know what percentage of cells express your gene and see how your gene of interest is expressed across different cell types. And so, for example, we can see that for um, GFAP, there is an increase in the number of astrocytes expressing this gene um, in Alzheimer's disease compared to normal control. And then furthermore, using a, a violin plot, we can see that um, GFAP is uh, highly expressed in um, Alzheimer's disease uh, astrocytes comparing, when comparing those to the normal. And then we can also um, overlay a TC plot with uh, gene expression data and explore which cells are expressing your gene of interest. And so here we can see um, that two populations of astrocytes, which we can see here represented in the dark red. And we can see how those correspond to this one. Um, so we can see how um, the two populations of astrocytes, which are gonna be represented in light blue clusters have high expression of GPAP. And so by overlaying TC plot with uh, different metadata, we can start to explore what some of these cells are. And so are these astrocytes contributing to Alzheimer's disease? Uh, perhaps uh, this may be one of the hypotheses uh, that you may generate coming out of today's training. And so I'm gonna go ahead and um, launch a poll. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and launch a poll. Um, just to get a feel of, um, are these the types of illustrations that you're looking forward to uh, seeing in Amexcel today? Now, if there's any um, illustrations uh, that you would be interested in uh, seeing or generating in Amexcel, please go ahead and use the chat box to type those in. And so I'm just gonna give you guys a couple of seconds to go ahead and fill up that poll just to get some feedback in terms of, um, are these the views that you were interested in seeing today? So now let's see how we can use um, Omicsoft single cell LAN to explore public single cell data sets. And so the data that we will be looking at today was generated uh, by this published uh, study. And so using a mouse model of um, Alzheimer's disease, uh, they isolated uh, the nuclei and generated a single cell RNA-seq data using our phenectronomics. And so we are going to use the data from the study to look for um, cell types that uh, may be different between the uh, well type controls and the um, Alzheimer's disease mouse model. So let's go ahead and go into MFAP to explore this single cell data. And so um, for those of you that are, are following along, 
I'm currently using uh, the Omicsoft uh, Studio version uh, 12.3, and some of you may be using a different version. So um, the coloring or the default views may be a little different than mine. Uh, so feel free to contact us or your IT administrator to see if you can upgrade to the latest version of Omicsoft. And so uh, today we're going to be working with uh, the lands tab. And we're going to go ahead and select uh, the land that we're going to be looking at today. And so to select a land within Omicsoft, you would just simply click on this select land option. And then here it's going to list the different types of lands that are available for you. As I mentioned, uh, some of the lands that you see here may be a little different uh, than the ones that you see when you open up Omicsoft. Uh, but in general, we have the uh, body mat collection that allows you to take a look at expression coming from uh, normal tissues uh, from sources such as GTEx or the Human Protein Atlas and uh, Blueprint. We also have collections uh, for cell lines uh, coming from the uh, cell line encyclopedia, um, just to give you uh, some examples. Now, our disease line collection contains um, studies uh, from public sources such as GEO, SRA, and NRA Express uh, for non-oncology conditions for both human, uh, mouse, and rat. And then our Oncoland collection uh, contains various data sets available for studies uh, related to uh, cancer as well as consortiums. And then lastly, we have the single cell land collection where we have single cell um, RNA-seq studies uh, for human and uh, mouse uh, models. And so today we're going to be uh, looking at the uh, mouse UMI uh, B38 uh, GC24 uh, land where the B38 uh, represents the genome um, the data is aligned to, and then the GC24, uh, which represents the gene annotation that was used. So to select land, simply uh, just click on the land. And so the default view is going to be uh, the cell cluster uh, distribution view, where you have um, disease category here on the y-axis, and then the number of um, cell, or the number of cluster cell types on the x-axis. And you can take a look at the panel here to see what those different um, cluster cell types are. Now, for those of you that are new to Omicsoft, the uh, select view allows you to select how you want to view uh, the data represented here um, in the middle. Uh, the left-hand side of your screen is going to contain a panel uh, that contains different filters that allow you to identify the data set that you are interested in. So here, for example, you can filter by project, by sample, or by a cell cluster. On the right-hand side, we have the uh, legend uh, tab uh, that provides with information on what type of uh, data is being uh, shown in uh, your graph. And then we also have uh, the task tab allows you to change uh, the display of the chart. And so the main areas that we are going to be uh, using today is going to be the um, select view, uh, the filters here in the left panel, and then uh, the task tab. So let's go ahead and filter for our project of interest. 
And so to do that, we're going to go into the little projects tab. And so here we have different uh, filtering options to filter based on project. And so we're going to look at the uh, project information section. And I'm gonna go ahead and click on this little plus sign to um, open up those different filtering options. And so here we want to uh, filter based on uh, disease. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on that little filter icon next to disease. And so here, when you click on the filter icon, it's going to open up a window uh, listing all the different types of diseases that are available for the projects within this uh, single cell land. And so here, we're going to go ahead and just select Alzheimer's disease and click OK. And so we can see that um, out of the different options that are available for this particular filter, only uh, disease land, I'm sorry, only um, Alzheimer's disease is uh, selected. And so now we have isolated all of the data sets and samples associated with Alzheimer's disease. And so to see what these samples are, you can simply um, click and drag to select all of the samples. And so this is going to open up a table down here um, here we have the uh, unique, uh, the cluster unique IDs, uh, the cell counts, and then all of the metadata that is associated with the different samples. Now, if we click on the little plus sign here at the edge, we can expand our menu and go to project details. And so these are all the studies associated with um, Alzheimer's uh, disease that are included in this land. And so here, for example, we have uh, the accession number associated with those studies. Uh, we have um, the contact information for those particular studies. Uh, we have a description of that study, the design. And so you can see that you can sort of explore these different metadata to get information on what that particular project uh, is. So you can use this to identify a project that uh, may be of interest to you. And so the project um, that we are interested in from the uh, Habib lab is uh, located here. So here we can see uh, the GSE uh, number. We can see that this is from the Habib lab. And so um, you can use this again to identify either that project that you're interested in or discover a new project that could be of interest. So how do we uh, find and locate uh, the study of interest? And so we can use the uh, geo accession number to isolate our study of interest by using the filters here on the uh, left panel. And so if we go down to the accession filter and select and click on that little filter icon, we can isolate um, the data, the samples associated from that particular project by simply um, isolating that geo session number. And so here you can go ahead and select for that geo session number that we're interested in and then click on OK. And so now um, we have the uh, normal control samples and the uh, nervous system disease samples containing the Alzheimer's disease samples. 
Now, if you look at the panel here on the uh, left-hand side, you will notice that some of these filters, instead of being um, in black uh, lettering, are now in red lettering. And so this means a filter has been applied to these metadata. So this is a great way of making sure that the data you are looking at has been filtered um, properly. And so the next thing we are going to do is look for the sample composition of the study. So for this, we're going to change the way that we are looking at the data. So right now we're looking at the um, cell cluster distribution view. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, change this view by simply going to select view. And then here we're going to go ahead and um, select the sample uh, distribution. And so here we have uh, the different uh, samples on the y-axis and the percentage of the clusters identified for each sample on the x-axis. So if I make this a little bit bigger, uh, we can see that uh, neurons make up a large um, percentage of the clusters identified in these samples. Now, since our study of interest looked at two conditions, is there a way to identify uh, normal samples versus the Alzheimer's disease uh, samples? And so for that, we can um, change the way that we're viewing um, the data in terms of the chart. And so we can go and use the uh, task tab. And here under the task tab, we can go ahead and trellis by row covariate to split or separate um, the chart. And so here, when I click on this option, uh, we're not interested really in separating by cell map uh, unique ID. So let's go ahead and move that way. And then here we want to separate by disease state. And so we can use the metadata that our team has curated and captured to a split our ch um, chart. And so if we go under metadata, we have the option for disease state. So we can go ahead and select that filtering option and then move to the uh, right-hand side. And then once we do that, uh, this is going to uh, split or separate the data between uh, normal control and Alzheimer's uh, disease. So we're going to go ahead and click OK. And so now you can see that we have um, two charts that were generated. So if we change um, the orientation and do a um, one by two, for example, uh, you can see that we have our um, Alzheimer's disease samples, and then we have our uh, normal control. And so we can take a look at um, the legend to get information on what these uh, different uh, cell types are. So we can see that the um, we can see that um, neurons make up uh, the largest um, population identified in both of these uh, different uh, disease states. And so here you can easily um, export these charts as an image by simply clicking on the image icon, or you can include these charts in a presentation by clicking on the um, export, uh, the PowerPoint export um, icon.
And so to summarize what, uh, how we got here, we went to select view and then selected the option sample composition to uh, look at the composition of the uh, samples within our study of interest. We then went to the task tab and uh, trellis by row covariate to split our uh, chart uh, based on disease state. To separate um, our one chart into two uh, different charts. And so we can see that uh, neurons make up a large percentage of the cell sound within uh, both the uh, disease state and uh, the non control state. But just a show of hands, how many of you would um, um, find this really useful uh, when it comes to identifying, you know, maybe what cell type to target for your next experiment uh, by taking a look at the composition of the cell types that are present within um, your tissue of interest? I can see that uh, many of you would find this uh, feature uh, useful. So what else um, can we do with this data? Uh, like any other single cell data, we can generate a dementia reduction map. And so to do this, uh, we can go um, and change the way that we're viewing the data by going to the select view. And then here we can go ahead and select the option uh, cell map dimension reduction uh, browser. And so uh, now uh, we can see how the uh, cells cluster. So I'm going to go ahead and just um, use this drop down menu uh, to arrange this chart a little differently. So we're going to go ahead and look at it as a one by one to make this uh, just a little bit bigger. And so currently uh, we are um, coloring. Currently, the coloring of the clusters is based on the uh, different cell types. And so uh, using the metadata, uh, we can change the coloring to whatever uh, you want it to be. Um, so let's go ahead and go into the um, task tab. And then here, we're going to go select the option, specify uh, coloring. And here you can specify the coloring based on the metadata our team has captured and curated. So again, if we go into the metadata section and we colored based on disease state. Now we have to change the coloring from the different cell type clusters to the disease states. Uh, and when we go and look at the legend, uh, we can see that the green cells um, are cells from normal controls, and then the blue are cells from our um, Alzheimer's disease. So if you would like to export this chart as an image, again, you can click on the little image icon, or uh, you can uh, include this in a presentation by clicking on the little PowerPoint um, icon. Uh, so I've shown you two uh, different views in Omicsoft, so I think it's a good time to stop and take any questions associated with some of the views that uh, we have looked at so far. Thank you so much, Araceli. This has been fabulous. So a couple questions came up um, in uh, the Q&A box. So the first one is, uh, cluster cell type was determined by Omicsoft directly by entering what type of data? So any specific format, headers, columns, separators uh, required for this? 
can you repeat the question? Sure, I guess uh, this user is asking how the cluster cell types uh, were determined in Omicsoft. Do we have uh, like cell annotation files that are already kind of loaded into Omicsoft or is that something that the user would have to upload themselves? When they are, if they are interested in uploading their own data into Omicsoft, is that the, is that the, the intent? Yeah, I guess um, how does Omicsoft kind of determine those uh, cell type clusters, I guess, you know, what's going on behind the scenes to help cluster those cells into those oh. different, yep. Yeah, so um, our team has, so um, or we have our own, Kyogen um, has our own on, has their own ontology of um, markers that uh, define uh, different cell types. And so we use that information in cooperation with uh, the author's uh, information um, to define um, the uh, cell type, uh, the clusters. Fabulous, thank you so much for that. Uh, one user was asking, why do we have disease state twice in the menu list? Do we? For <laughs> sample? So maybe you were mistaken between disease stage and disease state? Yeah, so we should only have disease state once unless it's associated with um, another um, parameter. Um, so maybe there was a, a, mis a confusion between state and stage. Okay, so yeah, let us know if that um, was the case or if there was something else that you wanted us to um, answer. Another question just came in, how many cells can IPA handle with maximum? I'm assuming that you mean Omicsoft since we've been playing with Omicsoft up until now. Um, so in terms of the number of cells that Omicsoft can handle, I'm not really sure the that's if I don't, I'm not sure of the specific number, I can definitely we can definitely get back to you on that. Uh, but in terms of IPA, if they're referring to how many subclusters uh, they can upload, um, they can upload uh, up to twenty in a single data set, um, or they can upload a lot more if they do it individually. Um, so it really depends on the clusters that they've identified. Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Araceli. A um, couple more questions um, just to, I know you have a lot to cover here today. So um, one of the questions uh, that came through is where can I find more information on what these uh, different lands are in Omicsoft? Uh, yes, so um, as, I, as you guys saw, we have a lot of lands that are available. So if you go into the help and then the white paper release, uh, the white paper provides information, detailed information on the different types of lands within uh, the Oncoland disease land. Um, and so this is gonna provide you with that information um, that uh, you're looking for. Excellent, and then the last question that I'll ask you before I hand it back over is going to be, um, can, you, can I create my own land with single cell or RNA-seq data, uh, both data that I've generated? Uh, yes. So um, as uh, Kristen mentioned earlier, you guys can always contact our services uh, team and um, they can help you uh, generate your own Oncoland uh, using um, your own data that you've generated. And so, uh, Kristen, if you'd be able to provide that hyperlink um, for services team through the chat box, that'd be great. Absolutely. 
And then just a, uh, another word before I hand it back over to you, Araceli, we have a, uh, another poll launched. So if you guys could provide some feedback on the pace of the training, that would be fabulous. It looks like there's some results coming through. Looks like we are um, in a good pace here, but definitely let us know if you'd like to adjust or revisit anything in the chat box. So with that, back to you, Araceli. Uh, thanks, Kristen. So, right. And so to review, uh, we generated, um, we generated a view to look at the distribution of uh, cell types across the different samples between um, Alzheimer's disease and normal control. So we did this by going into the select view and then looking at the sample composition and then uh, going into the task tab to trellis by disease state. Now, after looking at the distribution of cell types um, across the samples, uh, we then uh, selected the cell map dimension reduction browser view to look at the T-SNE plot for our study of interest. And so we can color the T-SNE plot by a cluster cell type. We can also color by disease state and look at um, how um, Alzheimer's disease and normal control samples um, cluster uh, together. And so now we are going to uh, leverage uh, expression data and compare between uh, disease versus normal gene expression across the different cell types. Uh, so if you have access to OMXOF and you would like step-by-step um, -step slides of how we generate uh, the views that we're going to be looking at today, uh, please feel free to uh, click on the uh, hyperlink located on, um, on the slide um, to take you to those step-by-step -step slides. Now, in the publication, uh, the authors found um, high um, GFAP um, expression in uh, disease-associated astrocytes. So in the disease-associated astrocytes, which can also be found here, um, there is an increase in this population, which has high uh, GFAP expression. And um, in this, um, Cluster four, you can see that there is a high average expression of GFAP as well as the percentage of cells expressed in GFAP. So can we recapitulate re um, uh, this finding in OMXOPT? So in OMXOPT, uh, we can search for um, GFAP and generate uh, these two different views, the percentage of cells expressing GFAP, as well as the gene expression using a violin plot. And so using, uh, looking at these charts, uh, we can see that there is a um, higher uh, population of um, astrocytes expressing uh, GFAP in Alzheimer's disease uh, compared to normal control, uh, which is similar to what the authors found. And so let's go ahead and jump back into uh, the software. And so in OmicSoft, we can search for a gene or a comparison ID or a study of interest uh, by simply using uh, the search bar located here on the top. And so uh, today we are searching for a single gene, but you can also search for multiple genes by simply going to this advanced option and then selecting search multiple genes. So today, let's go ahead and search for a gene of interest, which is going to be GFAB. And so as we do so, it's going to auto-populate. So let's go ahead and select that gene. 
And so when you search for a gene, the default view is going to be uh, going to display the percentage of cells expressing GFAT for each uh, cluster cell type. So now, so uh, some of you may ask, um, are we still in the same project that we initially started? And so we can check by going into the projects tab. And then we can see that uh, we do have those red labels. And so this tells us that the filters are still applied to our current uh, view that we're looking here in the middle. So this is a nice uh, reminder of making sure that the view that uh, we are seeing is still filtered to what we desired or are interested in. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, subgroup this chart to something that may be more informative for our research. And so for that, uh, we can go ahead and go into the test tab. And so here we can um, change the way that we are currently grouping by going to specify profile columns. And then here we can go ahead and add a subgroup. So we want to subgroup by disease state. So we can go to that metadata section, just select disease state and move it to the um, right-hand side. And so this is going to group the data by um, cluster cell type, then a subgroup by disease state. Let's go ahead and click OK on that. And so now we can compare the percentage of cells expressing GFAP between our uh, normal control and Alzheimer's disease in our study of interest. And so, for example, uh, we can see that there is an um, increase in oligodendrocytes and uh, astrocytes, uh, for example, expressing uh, GFAP in, expressing higher GFAP in um, Alzheimer's disease compared to uh, the normal control. And so just a show of hands, how many of you uh, would find, uh, you're gonna find this type of information uh, useful to maybe identifying a cell type that may be of uh, use for a future experiment uh, when you're looking at your disease state between your uh, normal controls. We can see that many of you would find uh, such a view uh, useful. So now that we have the percentage of cells expressing GFAP, uh, what about the expression level? And so for this, we are going to change uh, the way that we are viewing the data uh, by simply going to our select view. And then here, we're going to take a look at the uh, gene RPM. And so the default view um, displays expression data for uh, GFAP by cluster cell type. Again, if we take a look at the project tab, we can see that our uh, filters are still uh, applied by looking at the red labels. So let's go ahead and regroup our data uh, by going to the task tab, and then we're going to specify profile columns, and then here, we're going to again subgroup by disease state. And so now we can see that for our astrocytes, there is an increased expression of GTAP for um, Alzheimer's disease compared to normal. 
And so this is a great way to look at the data and evaluate um, the expression level. And so as a reminder, uh, you can always um, export this as an image or share it um, in a presentation um, in PowerPoint. Now, is there a way to overlay the expression of GPAP onto a TC plot? And so Nomoxoft, you can easily overlay gene expression by going to the select view. And then here, I'm selecting the option, cell map expression overlay. I'm just gonna go ahead and make this a little bit bigger so that it appears um, on the screen. And so now uh, we can see the expression of GFAP represented by uh, the red coloring on the TC plot. Now, some of this coloring may not be very clear for you, or um, you may not like the way that it's colored. Um, so you can change that by simply clicking, doing a right click on the expression scale here under the legend, and then clicking on uh, change color. And so here um, you can change um, the coloring as well as the expression levels. Um, and so you can change the uh, expression coloring to fix your needs. And you can also change the scale. So for example, if we uh, change the high value of the scale to let's say 10,000 and the middle value of the scale to be 5,000, for example, and then um, go ahead and just close that. You can see that um, the darkening of these cells um, is, a little, is a little bit better to view uh, in terms of the expression. So this makes it a little bit more obvious. Uh, so now we can overlay the information from the TC plot uh, we generated earlier to look at the different uh, cluster cell types. And so we can do that by going to um, the task tab. And then here we can uh, switch to color by profile columns. And so this is going to uh, display uh, color based on the cluster cell types. So looking at the legend, uh, we can see that uh, these light blue clusters are astrocytes. And if we go back and color by expression, so if we go to the task tab and then switch to color by expression, uh, we can see that they have high expression of GFAP. And so if we go ahead and take a look at those um, cells that specifically have that high expression of GFAP, here, uh, we may ask, are these cells from Alzheimer's disease or are they from normal controls? So if we go and switch back again to color by profile columns, and again, we're looking at those astrocytes, um, here we can change the way that um, this map is being colored by simply going to uh, the task tab and then um, selecting uh, the option to specify profile columns. 
And so here, rather than coloring by uh, the cluster cell type, we can again color by disease date and select that. And so um, we can see now uh, what cell types are the Alzheimer's disease and which ones are the normal. And so we can also change how the chart looks um, by going into the um, by going into the change uh, symbols properties. And so here, uh, for example, we want to maybe decrease the size of our uh, data points so they're a little bit smaller. Or you can see the individual cells a little bit better. And so if we change the size to minimize it and click on close, uh, we can see uh, the different um, cell types a little bit uh, better in terms of whether they are um, coming from our control samples or coming from our disease state samples. So for example, if we zoom in on this little section, um, we can see that uh, many of the uh, cells that were read are coming from our Alzheimer's uh, disease uh, patients. And so even though uh, we used our own tools, our own analytical pipeline, our own um, annotation calls and our own um, plotting methods, uh, we can still reproduce um, the research findings uh, from our study of interest uh, with minimal um, effort. And so to review, uh, we looked at how uh, GFAP is expressed across um, normal versus diseased uh, clusters based on uh, the cell type and the percentage of cells expressing uh, GFAP, and also looked at GFAP expression levels using the violin plot. Uh, we also overlaid the expression of GPAP into a TCP plot and compared that against a coloring based on cell types to identify the expressing cells and a coloring based on disease state to, um, to identify those expressing cells coming either from um, Alzheimer's disease or normal controls. And so today uh, you saw how Omicsoft can be used for exploring uh, public data. Uh, but remember that you're not alone. So if you have an Omicsoft license, you can request one-on-one um, -on -one help or group uh, training with one of our uh, team members. And so here, I think that's a nice time to take another break um, and answer any questions uh, that came up. Thank you so much, Araceli. Um, so there um, is one question that came through and it is, um, how do I change the way that this chart is colored? Um, so assuming, I think maybe the, so if you wanna change the way that this is coloring, I kind of showed you by, um, so you can change the symbols properties and this will help you change the coloring. But if you are looking at, for example, the uh, violin plot and you want to change the coloring on these, you can always just do a right click and change coloring and select, you know, for astrocytes, I want them to actually be a uh, dark red. And so that's going to, to change that. So this is how you can easily uh, change the color. Awesome, thank you. 
A uh, question came through asking, how did you convert from Gene RPM violin pop plot to Tisney? So I guess, how do you flip-flop between those two views? Uh, yes, to, so from, uh, from the violin plot to the Tisney plot, you can just click on select view and then go to cell map expression overlay. Great. Fabulous. So it does not appear that we have any other questions coming through. I just wanted to remind folks, um, I am pasting the link for these today's slides in the chat box. So uh, with that, I will hand it back over to you, Araceli, to carry on. Thanks, Kristen. And so now let's look at how you can utilize IPA to discover potential mechanisms of actions. Now, IPA, uh, for those of you that are new, is a powerful tool for relationship discovery. And so this is powered by the Kaiage Knowledge Base, which represents a massive ontology of over 12 million curated literature findings that try to define molecular interactions and associations from the literature using controlled vocabulary. And so we have a team of MD and PhD level scientists whose job is to go through the literature in top uh, journals to find relevant uh, publications and to find what are the key molecular interactions uh, found within those publications and pull out appropriate context for these relationships from the study to understand um, directionality and interactions between molecules and associations between uh, molecules and disease. Uh, with more than 141,000 comparisons from OMXOF um, that have been uh, analyzed in IPA, uh, these can be uh, searched, opened individually, or compared with each other or with your own data. And so different, different uh, features within IPA allow you to search and leverage the more than 141,000 uh, pre-analyzed disease-relevant comparisons from OMXOFT. Now, in addition to this, uh, OMXOFT land content can be accessed through a web-based uh, interface called Land Explorer. And so Land Explorer allows you to um, take your target of interest and explore what the public OMIC data looks like for that particular target. And so using uh, the single cell RNA-seq data from OMXOFT, we identified um, GFAP as a target of interest. And so now we want to know how this gene is related to Alzheimer's disease. And so in IPA, you can search for your gene and disease of interest and generate a custom network to discover how they are um, connected. And so here we can see how uh, GFAP through these uh, intermediates uh, connects to Alzheimer's disease. Now IPA is powered by the Kaija knowledge base. Um, so every uh, connection in this network is backed by literature findings. So not only do you see the connections, but you also get information on the interactions between the nodes in your network. Now, in addition to looking at these interactions, uh, you can also overlay drug information and identify drugs or targets of interest. And so, for example, we can get information on what clinical trials have been associated uh, with your drug of interest. Um, so this will allow you to either identify a particular drug of interest or maybe um, find one that can be repurposed. And so let's go ahead and jump into IPA to see how we can generate uh, this network. 
And so when you open IPA, the first thing you will notice is going to be uh, this quick start uh, window here. You have uh, workflow options for analyzing uh, different types of data uh, like um, RNA-seq or proteomics, uh, for example. And so this window also gives you access to uh, what is new in IPA and helpful information uh, like articles our uh, webinars and also how to contact um, our support team. Or here on the left-hand side, uh, you have the project manager uh, window that stores all of your data. Here you will find the data that you've uploaded and any analysis uh, that you run in the My Projects subfolders. Uh, the Create New Blend provides you with the options to start different functions in IPA, like start a core analysis, and then uh, the search bar allows you to leverage IPA's powerful knowledge base and search for a gene of interest under the genes and chemicals tab or a disease of interest under the disease and functions tab and get more information on that uh, gene or that disease. Now we are interested in GPAP and we want to construct a network to understand how GPAP is associated with Alzheimer's disease. And so for that, we're gonna go under the genes and chemicals tab and uh, search for our gene of interest. So as we do so, it's gonna auto-populate. So we're gonna go ahead and select that. And so this is gonna open up uh, the search uh, window. Now for those of you that are interested in looking at the expression of GFAP, you can simply click on the little uh, hyperlink under the symbols column. And so what this is going to do is it's going to open up uh, your browser uh, where it's going to uh, display the information on this particular gene. And so here under this Omicsoft Linux Explorer section, you can take a look at the expression of GPAP coming from RNA-seq data, uh, microDay, for example, single cell for both uh, normal cell lines, oncology, and non-oncology uh, conditions. And so here you can just simply uh, select any of these hyperlinks uh, and take a look at how uh, GFAP is expressed, uh, for example, uh, in this case, across different human diseases by simply um, clicking on that hyperlink. And so this again is going to link you to um, Land Explorer, uh, which is a, um, a light version of um, Omicsoft. Now here we're interested in constructing a network. So we're gonna go ahead and select GFAP, and then we're going to go ahead and add to my pathway and add it to a new pathway. And so what this is going to do is it's going to open up a blank canvas where we now have our gene of interest. Now, once we have our gene of interest, we can go ahead and add our disease of interest. Again, we're gonna to go to that search bar and then under the disease and functions, we're gonna go ahead and search for Alzheimer's disease. And so as we do so, it's gonna auto-populate. So we can go ahead and select it. Now, when you search for a disease or function, you're going to get a hierarchy of different terms and then the number of findings associated with it. 
So here, for example, whether you're looking at Alzheimer's disease from a neurological disease standpoint or a psychological uh, disorder, you have the same number of findings. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just select one. And then I'm gonna go ahead and add to my pathway. And I'm gonna go ahead and add it to that pathway that I currently have open. Here, I am interested in adding the diseased as a node. I'm not interested in all the molecules. Um, so in this case, I'm gonna go ahead and just click okay to add my disease. And so here we have a blank canvas where we have our disease and our, sorry, our disease and our, our gene of interest. And so to see how uh, GFAP is connected to um, Alzheimer's disease, we're gonna go ahead and use the built menu. So let me just go ahead and maximize the screen. And so the built menu allows you to build a network. And so here, when I use the Path Explorer uh, tool, and so the Path Explorer tool allows you to identify paths in which GFAP is connected to Alzheimer's disease by utilizing um, this uh, panel right here. And so we want to know how GFAP is connected to Alzheimer's disease. So we're gonna go ahead and select our gene and add it to this set A box, select our disease, and then add it to this set B box. And then in terms of directions, we're interested in knowing how GFAP is connected to Alzheimer's disease. In other words, how set A is connected to set B. And so we can use this dropdown to select from set A to set B. So once we've let IPA know the direction that we're interested in uh, looking at in terms of the path, we can go ahead and apply that information. And so here you can see that one path has been identified. So we can select that path and add to my pathway. So you can see how GFAP is connected to Alzheimer's disease. Now, if you want to know what evidence IP has to support this connection between GFAP and Alzheimer's disease, you can simply just double click on the relationship line. And so what this is gonna do is it's going to open up this relationship summary window that's going to provide you with a summary of how these two nodes are connected. So this is a correlation relationship. Now, if we click on this hyperlink located right here, that is going to open up a page um, in your browser that's going to display information on all the different uh, references that were utilized to support that relationship. And so here, not only do you get the experiment that was uh, done to generate that information, as well as a summary of it, you also get um, a link out to that publication uh, so that you can uh, explore that publication in more uh, details. So just a show of hands, how many of you would find this very useful uh, to um, identify new resources or maybe just uh, further support um, your um, hypothesis? So I can see that many of you would find this uh, useful. And so again, uh, this, uh, reference a list can be um, accessed by simply just double clicking on a relationship and then clicking on that little view relationships um, hyperlink.
In addition to identifying the most direct or shortest path, uh, IPA will also identify paths in which uh, your two nodes are connected via uh, intermediates. And so here we can see that there are 42 different ways in which uh, GFAP through some intermediate connects to Alzheimer's disease. So here we can select them all and then we can add to my pathway. And so we can see that we now have a network in which GFAP uh, through these uh, different intermediates um, connects to um, Alzheimer's disease. So just a show of hands, how many of you um, would benefit uh, from a tool like this, uh, especially when they are doing um, a proposal and they're looking for preliminary uh, information or maybe um, further support their hypothesis? You can see that uh, many of you would find this uh, useful. So now that we have a custom network, uh, we can identify drugs of interest that target uh, the molecules within our network by simply going to the uh, overlay menu. And so here in the overlay menu, you can annotate uh, different types of information using the various tools that are available. And so here we are interested in identifying uh, drugs that are known to target uh, the nodes within our network. So we can go ahead and use the drug tool. And so uh, this is going to uh, generate a table uh, listing uh, the drugs and the nodes within our network that they target. And so here, for example, uh, we can see that our there are various drugs uh, that target uh, different nodes within um, our network. So for example, if we wanna know um, what targets, um, if we want to, if we're interested in this drug, we can simply just select it and add it to our network. So here we can see that it's targeting um, PCN1 and PCN2. Uh, and so here you can identify uh, different uh, drugs that um, may be uh, influencing uh, those nodes that are found within your uh, network. And so uh, not, not only can we add the annotations for the drugs, we can find additional information about the drug by just simply uh, double clicking on it. So if you wanna know more information on um, Charon Verbal, uh, we can just simply select it in your um, chart and then double click. And so that's gonna open up uh, your browser where it's only gonna display information about that particular drug. It's also gonna provide you with some uh, information in terms of the clinical trial. So here we can see that this drug uh, was used uh, in phase three clinical trials for Alzheimer's disease, and then get information on uh, how successful that particular trial was. And so just a show of hands, uh, how many of you would find this uh, very useful information to be able to have all this information in one location rather than going through uh, multiple websites? I can see that uh, many of you would find this type of information uh, pretty useful.
And so not only can we uh, generate in-network, but also look for drugs that are already in development for potential uh, targets within this network. And so perhaps if a particular drug is not used for Alzheimer's disease, uh, this can be one way of repurposing a particular drug for um, your disease or biological function of interest. Now, there are a lot of different shapes uh, and lines that are associated with this network. So if you are ever curious about the different shapes or lines, um, you can go into um, the help menu and then select the legends options. And so this is going to open up a page in your browser that's going to um, provide you with information on what the different shapes mean, uh, what the different abbreviations represent, and then as well as what are the different uh, relationships um, that are found uh, within that uh, network. And so again, that can easily be accessed by going to the help and then the legends. And then lastly, uh, you can always um, export this um, as an image by uh, simply clicking on the export uh, icon. And so here you can export in different formats as well as different uh, resolutions to fit your needs. Now, this is one way of leveraging the Kaya Genology Base in IPA to discover new mechanisms or potential drugs that may be uh, associated with your uh, network of interest. Um, so if your aim is to evaluate the association of uh, GFAP uh, to Alzheimer's disease, you have a tangible hypothesis based on all the information we have curated in the knowledge base uh, from the literature. Now, in addition to the uh, knowledge base, our team has analyzed over 141,000 comparisons from uh, public studies. And so a few years ago, this used to be a long and painful process. If a user wanted to work with public data sets, they would have to download that information, process it, generate differential expression, and then upload it into IPA. So you can imagine how much time and work this used to take. And so with IPA, you can leverage a public um, data by simply uh, utilizing the uh, data set and analysis tab within the search bar. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and just minimize this window. And so um, let's say that you are interested in uh, data sets associated with Alzheimer's disease. And so in IPA, things are as simple as going into this uh, data sets and analysis tab, and then typing in some keywords like uh, Alzheimer's. and then clicking on search. And so here I'm searching by keywords, but you can also search by session numbers, uh, PubMed IDs. Um, so there's different options that you can search by. And so uh, when you search by keywords, uh, you're going to get uh, different uh, extension analysis um, that are going to appear right here. Um, so although this chart, this uh, table displays um, around 2,000 uh, results that are relevant to Alzheimer's disease, um, 
these can be representative of thousand samples. And that's because when you use IPA, you are uploading differential expression where you have two groups. One is a case group and the other is a control group, uh, such as disease versus uh, normal. So in each group, uh, you can have uh, many uh, samples. And so here, um, let me just make, let me just uh, make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see it. And so here, not only do we have um, the different um, types of um, information, whether you're looking at a data set analysis, but you can also see um, the different types of uh, folders uh, these uh, data sets are coming from. And so here we can see that we have analysis coming from um, human disease, um, single cell for either human uh, or mouse. And so here you can utilize this to uh, narrow things down. Um, so let's go ahead and narrow down by single cell data by uh, clicking on the uh, single cell mouse UMI. So now we can not only are we looking at um, Alzheimer's disease relevant studies, but we're looking at those that are specifically coming from single cell mouse. And so here we can further narrow down to specific cell types of interest uh, by utilizing the metadata uh, that our team captures. So here in this uh, table, um, not only do we capture uh, what disease state uh, the study is looking at and what tissue, but we can also, cap we also capture what type of comparison is being done and what is um, actually going on in that comparison. So here under comparison contrast, we can filter for those that are comparing astrocytes as an example and apply that filter. And so for each of these um, analysis, um, you can select it and take a look at the metadata associated with it on the right-hand side. And so it is our own Excel group that is processing all of this data from, public from the public domain. So not only do they use the same pipeline, but they're also carrying all of the metadata using control vocabulary. So you can easily see what this mouse is about. So here, for example, you can see that they are comparing uh, astrocytes versus all of these other clusters. Uh, they're using mouse, uh, hippocampus tissue. And so again, you can take a look at this metadata to get information on what this particular data set is. Now, if you are interested in learning more about the study, uh, you can always click on the uh, web link uh, that's gonna provide you information um, from the geo page to get more information on what that particular study is about. And so here we can open up this analysis by simply um, selecting the analysis of interest and then clicking on the open uh, button. And so once you've opened the analysis, um, you can treat this analysis as if it were uh, your own. Now, one of the results of a core expression analysis is to define uh, relevant pathways based on the genes in the data set. And so here we can see what pathways are enriched in um, 
Alzheimer's disease astrocytes compared to um, the others. And we can see how uh, the observed changes at the gene expression level leads to the predicted uh, activation of these uh, pathways, um, colored in orange, and the predicted inhibition of oxidative phosphorylation pathway uh, colored in blue. And so this is interesting. It's an interesting metabolic switch uh, between uh, the Alzheimer um, astrocytes um, compared to the other clusters. And so here you can further um, explore uh, this pathway by simply just clicking on the pathway. And so when you click on the pathway, this is going to open up a table at the bottom listing all of the um, all the genes uh, from your data set that belong to this pathway, how they are um, expected uh, to behave when this pathway is activated, and then how they are actually behaving. And so here you can see that according to literature, when this pathway is activated, we expect all of these genes to be up-regulated. Uh, but you can see that in this data set, those genes are actually down-regulated. And so by comparing the direction pattern of expression between uh, your data and literature, APA makes the prediction that this pathway is inhibited um, since the pattern is um, the opposite of what is uh, observed uh, in the literature when this pathway is activated. And so here you can get uh, further insight um, into how the different nodes within this pathway um, are interacting with each other by simply clicking on the open pathway. And so when you open up a pathway, um, not only do you see um, how the gene expression changes in your data set um, are being represented, but you can also see how those gene expression changes uh, influence um, the other nodes in this pathway, where red represents upregulation in your data set, green represents downregulation in your data set, and then blue represents predicted um, inhibition based on the patterns of expression observed in your data sets. And so here we can see that uh, the decrease in um, proteins forming from complex one, um, three, and four uh, result in predicted decrease in uh, both um, NAT plus and um, ATP. Just a show of hands, how many of you uh, would benefit uh, from not only um, seeing how um, a pathway is behaving, but also seeing how uh, the gene expression changes within your pathway um, are interacting with other nodes uh, from the same, from within the network. I can see that many of you uh, would find that uh, feature uh, useful. Now in upstream analysis, uh, the upstream regulator section uh, looks at any virtual molecule in the knowledge base and identifies downstream targets within the data set. And so IPA compares a direction of expression of its uh, downstream uh, targets in the data to the, to the literature to predict uh, which uh, regulatory molecules are either predicted to be activated or inhibited thereby allowing you to find key molecules that could be driving the expression changes observing your data. 
And so here uh, you can filter the different columns to define a regulatory profile of molecules that could be uh, driving the expression changes observed in um, Alzheimer's disease uh, astrocytes uh, compared to the other clusters. Now, once you identify a, a regulator of interest, uh, you can always um, select that uh, regulator and then display it as a network um, to see how um, this particular regulator of interest um, is connected um, to uh, its downstream targets uh, that are found within uh, your data sets. And so to access uh, public single cell data, uh, we can uh, search for your disease of interest under the diseases, under the data sets and analysis tab. You can then uh, select a project of interest and um, narrow things down to select a particular analysis that you would like to look at and then open up uh, that uh, analysis and view it as if it was your own analysis. Now, once you open a public analysis, you can start to investigate what biological pathways are predicted to be activated, represented by the orange, or predicted to be inhibited, represented by the blue. Uh, so in this public analysis, uh, comparing uh, astrocytes from Alzheimer's disease, uh, we can see that um, oxidative phosphorylation is predicted to be inhibited, highlighting a metabolic switch uh, between um, the um, ulcerative disease um, astrocytes. And then you can also discover um, regulators that have the potential to drive the gene expression uh, changes observed in the data. And so these regulators can serve as biomarkers or can be useful in uh, developing uh, therapeutics. Now, in addition to identifying uh, public single cell data, we can also look at comparisons uh, between uh, astrocytes and other cell types um, in different um, Alzheimer's disease um, single cell RNA-seq samples. And so in IPA, you can use the comparison analysis feature to identify pathways that are predicted to be um, either activated or pathways are predicted to be um, inhibited. And so here, for example, um, we can see that if we take a look at uh, that signaling, we can see that it is predicted to be um, activated color in orange in normal controls, and it's predicted to be inhibited in Alzheimer's uh, disease. And so we can take a look at that uh, pathway um, and see how the uh, observed uh, gene expression changes uh, lead to the overall uh, behavior of that uh, pathway. So if you go back um, to IPA, rather than looking at an individual analysis, uh, we can select multiple analysis and compare them uh, using the heat map. So I'm gonna go ahead and go back to the search bar and so rather than looking at a single analysis, um, we can select a different analysis. And then we can go ahead and add to comparison. And then we can view that comparison. 
And so this is going to open the comparison analysis feature uh, where you, can, you will have um, heat map comparisons for pathways, upstream regulators, and disease and functions um, across these different tabs. Here we can see our heat map for pathways. upstream regulators, and then disease and functions. Um, so just going to go ahead and just focus on the uh, chronicle pathways. Uh, but here, uh, this is one way that you can access uh, the comparison analysis feature. Now, if you also want to compare your own data uh, to other data sets that you've generated, you can always go to Create New, Comparison Analysis, and then select uh, the data sets from your My uh, Projects subfolders to compare. I'm going to go ahead and make this uh, bigger so you guys can see. And so uh, this heat map uh, is going to display the enriched pathway across uh, these uh, data sets and show whether they are predicted to be um, activated, represented in orange, or predicted to be inhibited, uh, represented in blue. And so we can cluster the pathways um, by a a hierarchical clustering. So if you go here to the sort method and use hierarchical clustering, we can cluster uh, the pathways uh, this way. So here we can see um, what you can see how different um, pathways you know, clustered together are predicted to be uh, inhibited across all these data sets, whereas some are predicted to be activated uh, in some. And so uh, here, you can use this uh, heat map to identify uh, what may be changing between the different data sets. And so when we uh, click on a particular pathway of interest, so let's say, you know, here, for example, we see that calcium singling is predicted to be inhibited across these different data sets. We can select that heat map and um, take a look at the pathway for this particular data set and see how the um, pathway itself uh, is behaving. But by taking a look at um, the gene heat map, we can, uh, this gene heat map, uh, we can see um, shared gene expression uh, patterns across these multiple analysis for Alzheimer's uh, disease astrocytes, which eventually lead to the overall predicted inhibition of the calcium signaling pathway. And so we can use this to identify potential biomarkers associated with Alzheimer's disease. So if you're looking at identifying which genes are constantly um, being downregulated across these data sets or which ones sort of like disagree, uh, the heat map is a good way to identify uh, these potential uh, targets. So just a show of hands, how many of you would find uh, something like this useful? Not only can you see the gene expression within those pathways, but you can see how the gene expression is affecting the behavior of that pathway. You can see that many of you would find such a feature useful.
And so to um, summarize today, uh, we've seen how we can use um, public soft to identify um, not only different studies of interest, but you can also see how you can um, identify uh, genes and expression within those particular studies. Uh, we also took a look at how you can uh, utilize IPA to um, generate networks to see how that uh, gene of interest is associated with your um, disease state, and then search for public data sets uh, relevant to your disease state and uh, take a look at the uh, biological mechanisms and key regulators uh, that are behind uh, the data sets. And so with this, uh, thank you everyone for attending. Um, as always, I know that you can always uh, contact us for additional uh, training, additional support um, as well. And so with this, uh, Kristen, I'll take any questions that remain. Thank you so much, Araceli, for that wonderful uh, presentation. So uh, before we take questions, I just remind everybody, I am sharing the link for today's slides in chat. And I am also sharing a link to a survey monkey um, poll asking for your feedback on um, this training session, what you liked, what you might not have liked, what you think should be included um, in the future. We would love to get your feedback on that. So one of the questions that came up um, was, can you add a drug into a network and connect it to try to figure out what the effect on the network um, would be? So this came up when you were showing off the um, path explorer and molecule activity predictor type. Yes. So as I mentioned, the overlay is going to do annotations. And you can always go to the genes and chemicals tab. And then here, if you know, if we were wanted to add um, the actual uh, the actual drug, uh, you would just simply search for it. Add it to that pathway that you're interested in. And so here's the actual uh, drug. So we have the annotation, but this is the actual molecule. And so just like we did before, we can um, connect it to this network uh, by simply just um, using the path explorer. So here, uh, for example, I can uh, go ahead and remove that add our drug, and then select our network, add it here. It's going to remove the disease and apply. And so this is going to look at the different ways in which our drug um, is connected to our uh, network of interest. And so here you can see that there's two different ways in which it's connected, uh, but then there's over 100 different ways that it connects through intermediates. And so this is one way to added to your network of interest. Excellent, thank you so much. And then from there, you can utilize that um, molecule activity predictor tool in the overlay to simulate what would happen if you increase or decrease it. Yes, there's a little red bucket. You want to increase it. And you can see nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you have to build up the network network a little bit more with a few more um, connections, connections there to really take yes. advantage. Yeah. Um, checking on the chat. 
Uh, could you just review in the comparison that you made for all those publicly available data, could you just review exactly what those comparisons were, what we were looking at? Uh, there was a user that had a question as to exactly kind of what we were comparing there. Okay, yes. So we uh, selected these three um, different comparisons. And so if we take a look at the metadata, they are comparing astrocytes versus other clusters in uh, mouse. And so two of them are coming from the cerebral cortex, and then one is from the hippocampus. So here we selected these uh, analysis, added them to the comparison. And rather than looking at them individually, uh, the comparison analysis allows you to take a look at them um, cross using a heat map. And so here we are comparing uh, the enriched pathways across these three different data sets, again, looking at astrocytes uh, versus other clusters within the tissue. Excellent. Thank you so much for that, Araceli. Uh, looks like we have no other questions that are coming in. Um, one question that um, I typically run across a lot is just if you could review once again where that full legend was, because there's a lot of shapes to uh, kind of figure out what they all mean. Yes, the legend can be accessed by just going to the help and then the legend. Fabulous. All right, so um, with that, it looks like we have no other further questions coming in, but we will wait just a couple seconds to make sure that you guys are able to get them in. If you do have any last minute questions, um, thank you so much, Araceli, for um, this wonderful presentation. Thank you, Leah, for answering any sort of licensing related questions, and also Dev for um, helping out with some of the questions in chat as well. So I will stop recording at this point, but we will hang around just for a few more seconds to see if we have any more questions.